imperfect mothers raising perfect kids. I'll try that again. Imperfect mothers raising perfect kids. Yeah. Is there something wrong with this title? Yes, of course. (laughs) But in a subconscious way, that's the pressure that moms have to raise perfect kids. I don't know if you've heard the story of uh, the man that was grocery shopping and he saw uh, a mother there with her three-year-old daughter. And of course, uh, they're in the cookie aisle. And the little girl says, I want some cookies, of course. And the mother says, no. The little girl melts down. The mother says, now, Helen, you've only got two more aisles. And then you get to go home. So I don't want you to melt down. I don't don't want you to, to have a crisis. I just want you to get through this. Do you hear me? And so the next aisle over is <clears throat> the, uh, <clears throat> the candy aisle. And of course, the child wants candy. And what does the mom say? No, of course. She's a good mom. <clears throat> and uh, the girl has a meltdown. So the mom says, now, Ellen, we just got to make it to the checkout stand. And then you get to go home and you get to take a nap. So let's pull it together. So they get to the checkout stand, and there's gum. And of course, we know the kid wants gum, right? <clears throat> and um, so then what happens, of course, the mom says, no, see, you folks already know the story, I guess. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, the mom repeats the same mantra of aisle one and two, and now the checkout stand. And so they get out and... The man that's witnessing all this walks up and says, Wow, <clears throat> you, have, uh, <laughs> you are really doing a great job of raising your child. You're, you know, you're creating discipline. You're sticking to your guns. You must be a wonderful mom. And I just want to commend you on how you treat Ellen. And she says to the man, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> My name is Ellen. My daughter's name is uh, Karen. (laughs) Wow. So today we're looking in Scripture at an imperfect mother raising a perfect child. Can you believe this is in the Bible? An imperfect mother raising a perfect child. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. Verses 41 to 52. Every year, Jesus' uh, parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Let's read the next uh, few words together out loud. Are you ready? 
After three days. Let's try that again. After three days. Okay, I'll continue reading. They found him in the temple, temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And do you think she'd be excited about him being with the elders in the temple? No. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that uh, the words of this passage will minister to us, especially to the moms on this Mother Day, but to all of us as well. I pray that we would gain understanding and that we would really uh, get a greater appreciation for what it means to be, a, to be a Christian mom and to be Christian parents and Christian children. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. <clears throat> How many are happy that Mary and Joseph had made the major mistake? <clears throat> Thank you. I need help. <laughs> How many were happy to see that Mary and Joseph had made a major mistake and lost their kid for three days? Wow. Have any of you lost your kid for three days? Well, you're doing a better job than Mary and Joseph. (laughs) Our first point today is this. Moms are called to model spiritual devotion and practices. That's our first point. Moms are called to model spiritual devotion and practices. So Mary and Joseph modeled their spiritual lives for Jesus. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. Hmm. There are spiritual and biblical customs that moms need to model for their children And I'll say, maybe there's some grandmothers here, that grandmothers need to model for their children. The first one is church attendance. Notice, for the religious festival, Jesus was with his parents. Moms, get your kids in church. When I was uh, growing up, a hundred years ago, um, if you weren't really, really sick, and moms always knew if you were faking it, if you weren't really, really sick, or in the hospital or the morgue, you had to be in church. That was just the standard deal. It wasn't an option. We need to raise our children and grandchildren with this perspective. They just need to be in the house of God when the doors are open. <clears throat> I just want to encourage you in that. It, it saves so, much issue, so many issues down the road if people are hearing the word of the living God. I have a picture of me being five, 
at Trinity Assembly of God in 1963. I'm in a little suit. It's a church picture, by the way. One of those church pictures that, you know, are like two feet long and this high. I'm in one of these pictures, a white suit, tie, dress shirt. I'm five years old. And the, the pastors and the board members are kneeling down in the picture next to me. Maybe I was just standing next to them. That's the way it goes. And they were, they were kneeling down. <clears throat> so you wear your best clothes and when you go to the house of God. And uh, you're there on a regular basis. <clears throat> I, I guarantee you churches are going, if you're at church on a regular basis, there's a better chance that you're going to go to heaven than any other casino in town or grocery store, or restaurant, or wherever you may go. Because church, the, church of, uh, the business of churches is getting people to heaven. <clears throat> Paul tells us about the family line of Timothy. Timothy's mom and grandmother mo- modeled spiritual devotion and spiritual practices for him. I think we have a slide here. It's 2 Timothy 1.5. Paul writes, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives also in you. So, this is how we model and what we model, moms, for our children and grandchildren, grandmas. Prayer. Prayer. Say, God doesn't answer prayer. I've been praying for 10 years. Pastor Madeline prayed for 25 years for her dad to get saved. And he got saved in a church that had a fight every year and ran the pastor off every year. Prayer. I'm going to talk about prayer at the end, the prayer of a mom. Prayers of moms don't ever go away. They're in bowls of incense in heaven surrounding the throne room. Giving. We need to teach our children to be giving, to sing. Somebody don't sing anymore. They're all involved in rap. Well, I'm telling you what, folks. Teach your kids to sing to God, to sing worship to God. Serving. That's so important. Teaching your kids to serve. Fellowshipping. Youth group. You know, this church has had a great youth group and great children's ministry uh, right now. I know that a lot of people aren't here today because it's Mother's Day, but that's okay. God bless them. But we're here, and I'm here to declare to you that we model all these things for a reason. What are the family customs regarding the house of God and spiritual activities? <clears throat> If you're a mom or grandmother and you're dysfunctional, you need to get healed. You don't want to pass that on. Say, Pastor David, how do you get healed? Well, you start forgiving people that have hurt you. And uh, we have a book that you can get. Do we still have a book? We have a book that you can get on forgiveness. I know the author. I recommend him to you. (laughs) But we start by getting... uh, by functioning in a way that we are not dysfunctional. We need to get healed if we're dysfunctional. We don't want to pass that on. Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. says this, Youth fades, love droops, 
The leaves of friendship, friendships fall. A mother's secret hope outlives them all. And what is the secret hope of every Christian mom and Christian grandmother? It's that their children and grandchildren will serve the Lord. the end of our time here today, I'm going to share a familiar story to you about my grandmother on my mother's side, who even after she died, her prayers for her son that I'm going to talk about extended and reached out through the power of God. Our second point is this. Mary and Joseph traveled in spiritual community. That's why the church is so important. We are a spiritual community. That's why we need each other. Now, what's interesting to me is that they go through the the whole day of traveling, thinking, you know, Mary and Joseph are each thinking that the other one knows where Joseph is, and then at night it's like, I mean, where Jesus is, where where's Jesus? Oh, I thought you had him. No, I thought you had him. Well, let's check if cousin so-and-so or aunt so-and-so. Or, I mean, it's a big mess. <clears throat> and then they finally found out he's not there. But what's interesting to me is they had such comfort in the spiritual uh, group that they were in that they weren't too worried because they didn't see Jesus. Because they knew that he was among family and friends they could trust. Boy, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? That's spiritual community. That's what we have here. And we see that Hannah entrusted her son to be mentored by uh, Eli. I almost said Eli because I go up to Eli now, and now I can't say Eli correctly. (laughs) Remember Hannah? She couldn't have a child, and she wanted a boy, and, and she said, God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And she did. She gave the little boy Samuel back to the prophet Eli. And then God called Samuel at an early age to be the great prophet that he turned out to be. Well, that's spiritual community that she handed him to. We've also read about Paul and Timothy. His mother and grandmother modeled Christianity before him, developing spiritual community. Third point is this. Moms are called to hold children accountable. I love the fact that the imperfect mother is scolding the perfect Jesus. Why have you put us through this, son? I'm pretty sure they were happy inside once they they found him and uh, the, the, the cause. I mean, you don't want to lose the Son of God, right? (laughs) I'm a parent and I've lost the Son of God. Okay, that's not good news. (laughs) So she scolds Jesus. This reminds us moms that we need to be consistent in our discipline and set clear boundaries that are biblical. And if you don't know what they are, look into the Word of God. Uh, Google it. It's all over Google for as good as Google can be. (laughs) I mean, there's so much out here in the kingdom of God that'll teach you to set clear boundaries and then discipline your kids. 
if your kid is smart, they won't need to be disciplined a lot. My brother and myself, my oldest brother, John Mark, Pastor John Mark and myself, we were smart. The middle brother, Jamie, wasn't smart. He got a lot of spankings. And you know, you're not supposed to mention spankings anymore, but I still do because it's in the Word of God. And I happen to believe the Word of God knows more about uh, raising children than your latest psychologist, and certainly Dr. Spock. And I'm not talking about Star Trek Spock, I'm talking about the child psychologist who said, treat your children as adults. Well, that's hogwash. Treat them like kids. And remember, Mom, you're not their friend. They got many friends. Only got one mom. Grandma, you're not their friend. You're called to lead. You have a position of responsibility. So when your child gets out of line, uh, sometimes you've got to spank them. And um, Christiana was pretty smart. My eldest, who ministers out here on Tuesdays to our youth, uh, she's 25 now. In fact, uh, she's going to start our service for us. And as we're heading back uh, to preach this sermon again, she was pretty smart. She didn't get too many spankings. Christian, on the other hand, God help him. <laughs> and he, you know what I, we figured out? Uh, you got you to, gotta, uh, <laughs> the kid has to buy into authority or it's going to be a real problem. I bought in, my older brother bought in, my middle brother didn't. It was a problem, and Christian was kind of a problem. Once uh, Madeline was spanking him and chasing him, you know, you got to catch him to spank him, you know that. <laughs> and so she finally cornered him on the bed. Is that what it was? No, you finish it, honey. It's your story. And he s- stole the belt. <laughs> then what do you do? It's hard to give a spanking. I said, give it back. And he said, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, I just want to share something about our son. He's 19. He's never really served the Lord, in my opinion. We brought him to church all the time. But on March the 14th, I was out here with Christiana. We were going, we were at a softball game for some of the girls. Uh, I can't remember. All I remember was kind of dusty and and it took a lot of time to do every inning. <laughs> and uh, I didn't understand the game. I don't know if anybody was even keeping score. But uh, during this time, you get a call, and Christian and his mom goes to save him, or he's going to get arrested. And uh, anyway, one thing led to another. and I've been his constant companion since March the 14th. But I'm happy to report that he's on 53 days of sobriety. No drugs or alcohol. He's made a decision to begin to to really plug in and serve God. And he started tithing. Did you know that's how you return to God? The Bible says in the book of Malachi, you return to him by tithing. 
You know why? Because you may be confused about a lot of things, but giving one-tenth of your income to God is real simple. Just move the decimal point and give it to God. God says, you return to me by in tithes and offerings. So he started tithing. Well, in the last, did I say 53 days? Yeah. Hold, me, hold me to the truth here. I, I'll have it up to 62 by the time the sermon's over. <laughs> so 53 days. Since that time, he's had two raises at work. And he's being groomed for an engineering, uh, let's see, not an engineering, yeah, maintenance engineering apprenticeship. The company's now looking for, towards him for that. He's only 19. Plus, he's really serving the Lord. He's witnessing to all of his co-workers. I'm sure he's bugging them crazy. And his ex-girlfriend, whom he still kind of hangs around, or at least when I'm there, because that's the only time they can be there, is when I'm there. And even in conversations, she's starting to serve God. And it's amazing what God has done in 53 days. And she's at like 42 days of sobriety. You know, it's amazing when we stop doing drugs and alcohol, how our life begins to come together. So, yes, always, dear. (laughs) I'm not a dummy. (laughs) <laughs> so I told an all-over Christian, I'm helicopter mom, and he told me he rededicated his heart and his life, and then like after that Tuesday night, right, that was huge. Anyway, then not even a week into it, the Lord told me. I just want to say the Lord can tell her things that I cannot tell her. (laughs) Can I get a witness? Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. First executive presbyter district presbytery meeting. God's got the gag order on me, and right? So what can I do? He acts up, no. He goes, life goes to district council. I said, well, I never say anything, but you cannot go. Or you take the boy with you. So he said, I'll take the boy with me. Which to me is like, the only word to describe a trip like that is 
H E M. It was both, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It is boring. Yeah, it's awful. And I thought, poor Christian. That's why I call it a board meeting. You're bored. He said, it was one of the greatest trips of my life. And then I took him to district council, and the same thing. He was just, God, God spoke to him. And it was, it's, it's been a God thing that his mother prayed in. Uh, honey, uh, honey, last word. Yeah. It's like a miracle. God can deliver miracles. <clears throat> well, you know, he can use a donkey. <laughs> so that's who he's using with when he uses me to reach my boy. But it's been great. Our fourth point is this. Results are that your child will grow in wisdom and stature with God and men. <clears throat> Jesus grew in wisdom and stature with God and man. Our son is beginning to do this. I was talking to an old guy yesterday who used to make 75 cents an hour, $30 a week. And Christian yesterday worked time and a half and made $30 an hour. Wow. Times have changed. But that's the blessing of God on his life. How many of you know about the Leaning Tower of Pisa? It's leaning, right? It's something that had been built imperfectly, turned out to be perfectly beautiful. People come from all over the world to look at it. <clears throat> wow. So, believe God, moms and grandmothers, believe God for your children and grandchildren, because your prayers last forever in the heart of God. Many years ago, 15 years ago, uh, Madeline, and prior to that, Madeline and a a woman by the name of Pam were believing for their daughter, Brittany. I'd kind of given up on this kid. From 12 to 16, she led the life of uh, the worst life possible. She had a rap sheet, and she was involved in drugs and immorality and all sorts of things. Uh, I guess to get the real story, you need to talk to Madeline after that. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is her mom dropped her off uh, at the park behind our church, and she saw the steeple, and the Lord said to her, 
What are you doing over here? On this side of the fence. On this side of the fence. And the Lord Holy Spirit <laughs> brought her home. She started serving God 15 years ago. And she served the Lord wholeheartedly for 15 years. And we were privileged, privileged four years ago to go back to her wedding. <clears throat> and uh, today, she is an attorney in the state of Kentucky. And she just got a new job as the general counsel to the treasurer of the state of Kentucky. Wow. And she's serving the Lord with her husband, and they got a little kid, wholeheartedly. But Madeline and her mom prayed it in, and the Lord answered the prayer. I have here in my notes that she graduated summa cum laude with highest honors. So my grandmother, Bessie Hilgers, died at the age of 47 in 1948. And she'd been serving the Lord about 15 years. And she had three, uh, three boys that were still at home, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 4-year-old. The 12-year-old's name was Johnny. And Johnny had been raised by his mother to serve God, and she believed God that he would. But after she died, he started running with the wrong crowd. Moms, grandmas, make sure your kids run with the right crowd. Birds of a feather, they flock together. So at the age of 16, Johnny uh, got a a young lady that was 16 in the family way. And in those days, they didn't have the term baby mama or daddy mama. No, daddy, baby daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever those terms are, I don't know them evidently. Uh, they, uh, They had the term marriage. (laughs) And uh, so Johnny and Peggy, at the age of 16, got married. Twenty years later, they have children that are 19, 16, 14, and 13. She wakes up and she says to her husband in the morning, she goes, Johnny, we have been married 20 years, and I have hated every day, and I went out. And he said, wow, Peggy, I thought we had a pretty good marriage. So she left him. She ended up moving in with a guy that was 29. It looked like it was over. But I remind you, the prayers of his mother that were last prayed here on earth in 48 are still there with him in the year 1974. So the two younger girls are in Assemblies of God Church in Lakewood, in Denver, Colorado, Lakewood Assembly of God. Well, they've been given the privilege to sing a duet in the evening service. So they said, Mom and Dad, you know, Mom and Dad are separated, getting a divorce, it's over. But we want, want you to come to church. We want to come as a family to come together, and we want you to hear us sing our duet in church. Well, the kids, the parents are already feeling pretty rotten over the divorce. So they say yes, and they said, We want to come as a family. So Johnny says to Peggy, okay, we'll pick you up at such and such a time. Don't be late, or I'm leaving you. I'm not going to wait for you, Peggy. Does that sound like Johnny? Yeah. So he gets there to pick her up at her apartment. He's got the girls with him. They're living with him. 
and Peggy's not ready. So he says, I told you I'd leave you. Let's get in the car, girls. He was the manager of a BMW dealership. And if you're the manager of a BMW dealership, that means you drive the best car the BMW makes and the newest. So they went to get in the car, and he couldn't get in. He could not get the doors unlocked. He tried every door. He tried everything he knew how to do. And he could not get into his brand new BMW. So he said, let's go back and wait for your mom. So they did. They finally come out. He goes to unlock the car. It unlocks. That should have let Johnny know there was going to be a big change coming. (laughs) They get to church. They sit in the very back row and everybody's sitting. Not everybody, but there's not that many there. It's a Sunday night. And the pastor says, why doesn't everybody move forward? And he says, well, we were in the back row. We moved forward to the third row. And he goes, wouldn't you know, none of those rotten Christians moved one foot. We're the only ones that moved, and now we're sitting in the front row. He was feeling guilty about his life. He was at bars and strip clubs and, you know, doing basically whatever he wanted to do, I guess. So he was going to, he won some money at the ponies that morning, and he's going to throw in a $50 bill. He goes, now I need to throw in 100 when the offering plate came by. And then he was mad because he still felt guilty. $100 doesn't wash away our guilt, does it? <clears throat> so <laughs> the girl sang and the preacher preached. And, and that night, I remember a 16-year-old, uh, you know, um, we didn't have speaker phones back in those days, but sometimes you could hear if they, when they were really loud, you could even hear them like it was a speaker phone. 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock Denver time, my Aunt Peggy calls and talks to my mom. She said, Ferl, she's very strong, small woman, but very strong. And uh, my mom says, yes, uh, hi, Peggy. And she goes, I have something I want to tell you. My mom goes, okay, well, what is it? And, you know, she knew they were in the middle of a divorce. She goes, Johnny and I went to church tonight, and we gave our hearts back to God. And we're going to try to make our marriage work. See, the prayers of Bessie Hilgers, his mother, were still alive in the heart of God. Johnny and Peggy are now 83 or 84. And uh, they are married. And they got involved in Nova Shalom, which is a healing of marriages ministry. And God used them in a mighty way. So I just want to encourage all of us, especially our moms and grandmothers here today, to keep praying for our loved ones. Keep praying for your children and your grandchildren and others. The prayers uh, never go unheard. And God is faithful. He's faithful with our son. He's faithful with Bessie's. And the other boy that was 13, he got away from God too and became, started to become an alcoholic. And God tracked him down. And he's 85. And he's been serving the Lord all these years, since his early 20s. See, the prayers of moms and grandmothers count. They just look like they don't, but they really do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. 
Thank you for the moms that are here and the grandmothers and all that are here. Lord, uh, we are like the Tower of Pizza. We are built imperfectly, but you can turn us into someone that is perfectly beautiful for your glory. Continue to do this in our lives. Help us with our children and grandchildren. And I pronounce blessing to be upon everyone in Jesus' name.